Uh, it's good to be here in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Um, I, I know this may look a little bit odd, but um, I'm going somewhere with it. Um, but what I'd like to do to start with um, is we have a team of missionaries that are in Costa Rica right now. Um, if you, any of you have never been there, beautiful place, but they didn't go for the beauty. They, go, they went for the opportunity to serve. And um, they went faithfully left yesterday morning. Um, I asked pastor, I said, hey, do you know what your schedule is going to be Sunday morning? Uh, we want to pray for y'all, but I'd like to kind of know what you're doing. Um, he said, uh, I don't know if I should have read into this. He said, probably right when the singing is done and you come up to preach, we're going to get in the van and drive. I said, I guess I don't want to hear the message, but that's okay. He said, they'll listen to it later. But I think that's actually more important because if he's driving, we certainly need to pray for them. So what I'd like to do right now is if we could all just together take a moment to pray for that missions team. They've got a, a great work ahead. They've got about a, uh, between a four and a half and six hour drive today. Um, that depends on the weather. It's, it's a cool uh, 21 degrees uh, on my way here this morning, but it is, it is not 21 degrees in Costa Rica. It, it will be, uh, it will be uh, 90 degrees, probably where they're going to wind up. So um, different weather, different atmosphere, but same opportunity for the gospel. So let's take a moment, if you don't mind, and let's pray for that missions team. God, we come to you this morning just thanking you, God, for who you are. We thank you that you can meet with us here in LaGrange, Georgia, and, and, and meet with the same folks in uh, San Jose, Costa Rica. God, we're thankful, God, that you, you don't just pick a, 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 a body to bless, a, a person to, to choose, God, but you absolutely are sovereign over all. God, you're omnipresent. God, you can be there and here and everywhere else at the same time. We're thankful for that, God. We pray that you would be with them. God, keep them safe as they travel. God, for the work that got prepared, God, to, to, to add on to the church, God, to, to, to increase the ministry footprint there. God, to, to hopefully be a blessing, God, to, to that van uh, situation, God, that they can get that thing back on the road, picking up people, bringing them to church. God, we take that for granted, God, but that is their only mode to get to church. And God, we pray that you would just bless them. God, you bless that work. You bless each one of them. God, give them health, give them safety. God, but give them what you, you need for them to have, God, to do the work you've called them to do. God, we're going to be quick to praise you. We're excited to hear what you're going to do through them. And God, I know they'll return more blessed than they thought they could have ever blessed the, those folks down there. We love you. We thank you. Pray that you go before this morning, the reading of your word. God, that's your name behind lifted up. We pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. I'm going to put my, my walking stick over here for a little bit. If it stays, it will. It won't. Uh, if you would, take your Bibles. Uh, turn to the... Uh, book of Psalms, chapter number 23. Um, I've got my, my scroll here and my eye scroll, so I'm going to use it too. Um, some of y'all will get that when you're on the way home, and that's okay. Um, the, the table is for an object lesson later, so just hang tight. I'm not trying to go contemporary or anything like that, which is fine. But when Pastor asked me to preach, or he didn't really ask me, he looked over at staff meeting the week before last and said, are you preaching? <laughs> if you're asking, I'm saying yes. So, uh, so here we are. Um, but I'm always, always real, uh, real thankful for the opportunity. 
Um, I got to get him out of the country more often, so we'll get that a little more often. But, um, but we certainly uh, uh, appreciate the opportunity to be here, and I don't take it for granted. Um, I think I have uh, almost passed out three times this morning. So, uh, so y'all pray for me. Um, I, I know what I know what the Lord has has given me, and He's still working on me with this. Um, but I just I, I'm so nervous about getting that out. I'm so uh, uh, fearful that I won't do uh, justice to what God has put in His Word for us to walk out of here with. But I know if we if if we uh, if we just kind of dig in, that we can all walk out of here knowing God God has done something in us through a scripture. Bless you through a scripture that that we've all heard. I think Psalms 23, maybe second to John 3:16, is probably the one of the most well known parts of scripture. In the whole world, people that don't go to church, don't have a clue about the Bible, don't even know who God is uh, in in all sense of the the term. You start off, the Lord is my shepherd, and and I shall not want, it's going to follow it. I mean, it's Coolio even had it in a song, right? So it's it's in people's mind, just like John 3.16. And I think that's great, but I think it's it's uh, it's maybe one of those things that we've kind of read through sometimes. We we hadn't spent some time. Uh, I was talking to Paul Hutchins the other day, and he said, you know, last year went through the uh, reading reading through the Bible with everybody here at Faith, and and I know several churches do that every year. He said, but this year I'm I'm, I'm going. I said, hey, I did that last year. This year I'm going. I'm not on a schedule. I'm going. God, let me find a nugget. I'm going from nugget to nugget. I'm not going from verse to verse. And it's great. Hey, I encourage you to do it. You should. We all should. But we can't, we can't read through and miss uh, what God really has for us. And so uh, I think we should spend some time in just these six verses. There won't be many verses on the screen. And you won't have fill in the blanks to fill in right now. We'll talk about that later too. But let's start. Let's read in Psalms chapter number 23. All six verses in Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff that comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. That's what we start off with. And boy, we could, we could if we landed there and, and parked there for this morning, we could unpack so much with that, right? But I want to, I'm not, sometimes I probably over-inform, uh, but I'm just helping you learn things that I didn't know. And if I didn't know them, maybe you didn't know them. And so the Lord is my shepherd. Um, we know there's different names for uh, God in scripture, especially in the Hebrew. And, and Je- the Lord is my shepherd is, is Jehovah-Rah in the Hebrew. Now, now, while God is mentioned several times as shepherd, this is the only time he's mentioned and named as Jehovah-Rah, and it's used to describe his shepherding attributes. The word Ra describes one who tends, leads, feeds, and protects his flock. Of course, Jehovah is the name for the Lord. So David begins Psalm 23 by saying this, my God is who tends, leads, feeds, and protects me. 
Well, again, we could stop there and we'll have to go anywhere else. We could, we could, we could just salivate and, and dig into that. We would be doing well. But there's some, there's some, there, there are six verses here, but they're, but they're powerful verses in this psalm that David wrote here in Psalms 23. But I believe we can take some big helpful truths home if we're willing. So let's look at these verses. We're going to break them up into two sections, verses 1 through 3 and verses 4 through 6. And Larry, I hope that glare is not too bad on your camera because it is, it is probably shining. Uh, but a shepherd's got to keep up, uh, got to keep up the, the shave there. So uh, verse number one, we've already looked at the Lord as my shepherd, but don't miss the last half of that verse. I shall not want. If the Lord is the shepherd of our life, we will be left wanting nothing. And I think sometimes as Christians, believers, we, we don't really, we don't really, buy into that because we especially here i mean you know you go to costa rica go to where some of those missionaries are going yeah maybe maybe it's, it's not so uh, not so for granted uh, that, that where they live and how they live and how they get to church and what they have on and the roof over the head and, and their next meal but but for us it is we we kind of take those things for granted but but if we really have the lord as a shepherd of our life we won't be left wanting of anything because when it comes down to it, he's really all we have and he's really all we need. See, there's so many people, that, and, 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 and again, um, don't, don't let this be a lack of confidence in relationships in your life, but, but people will fail you. Your mama, your daddy, your, your spouse, your kids, your friend, your boss, everybody is, 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 is able to fail us. And, and, and guess what? I'm, I'm in that loop too. I'm, 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 at any time, I can fail any one of you, but God never will. And so if he's our shepherd, we can lean on that and realize that that's really all we need. Everything else is, is just icing on the cake. Amen. Icing on the cake? Amen. Remember, David is writing this psalm from a place of personal experience. He's a shepherd himself. And this psalm is for David in his life and it's for us and ours. There's, a, there's an application to be made. Again, David, being a shepherd, he's writing this from personal experience, but it's certainly for us as well. There's no substitute for God's leading as shepherd in our life. And so, Pastor, what does that mean? We're going to be led by something. Each and every one of us walked in here, different, different lives, different, different circumstances in our life. We grew up differently. We live in different places. We, we came from different backgrounds. But every one of us, no matter where we are in our spiritual walk or, 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 or how old we are, we are all going to be led by something. 2 Peter 2.19 says, For whom a man is overcome of the same is he brought into bondage. We're enslaved to whatever has mastered us. So Jesus, being the good shepherd, right? He's greater than all that other stuff that can lead us. But we got to make sure we put him in that place. Because something's going to be there. We just got to make sure that we make sure that it's him. Jesus is the good shepherd, amen. With David's background knowledge in verse number two as you look at it, his knowledge of shepherding, he understands what, um, what it means to, to care and to protect for the sheep in this flock. Uh, 
he says the Lord does the same for him and for us. What does it mean to make to lay down in green pastures, to lead beside still waters? Both are suggesting being brought to a place of rest, to be restored and revived from the travels and struggles that those sheep and we endure. Green pastures suggest a place of tender grass, not just to eat, but for primarily for rest. Still waters, well, that's indicative of rest as well. Still waters, quiet waters, not a raging torrent, but not stagnant water either. If, you, if you've ever been out somewhere and you uh, are looking for a place to go take a dip or, or uh, uh, cool off or, or fish, I, you know, I'm sure it would be applied for just about anything. You're not looking for uh, a, a raging rapid to, to, to do that in, generally speaking. And you're certainly not looking for stagnant water because nothing lives in it. You're looking for something that's, that's kind of, it's moving, but it's, 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 not, it's, not, it's not raging. Um, stagnant water isn't healthy. It doesn't taste good, and it sure doesn't promote rest and re revitalization. Sheep need to be led to a good pasture for health and rest. They will not find it on their own. They will find dangerous terrain far more often on their own. And when I say sheep every time, just plug in your name. I plugged in mine. Every time I say sheep, just plug in. Ray, Andrew, whoever, plug your name in a Dale. We're not going to, that didn't sound good. Um, we're not going to find that on our own. They must be led. We must be led to steel and quiet waters. They won't find it on their own. They will find stagnant water, a raging torrent, thinking nothing of the matter. We understand the problem with the stagnant water, but what's so dangerous about fast-moving water for sheep? Well, Sheep don't, and maybe you haven't either, consider that they have a giant duvet around their neck. And so if a sheep walks up to a raging river to get a drink of water, a sheep will step into the water, dip his head down, and automatically his weight has, has increased dramatically. Uh, it would be like if Andrew stepped in the water and he got out and he looked like me. I mean, there's a lot of weight increase there. And all of a sudden now that, that sheep is now being drug off down the river. And the old shepherd, this is the best shepherd's crook I could find y'all, okay? And somebody in here, probably this belongs to you. You're like, hey, I've been looking for that. Well, you can have it after the service, but it's mine until then. But this is, this is something like a shepherd would, would keep. This is his staff. It's a, um, you know, kind of like the, the, the hook on the end. Again, it, it would have a, a, a hook apart for, um, uh, for, the, for the shepherd to use to, to hold on to, but also because when that, when that sheep's going down the river, he's got to go down there and, and, and he's got to get to the edge of the shore and he's got to reach out and he's got to grab that sheep and pull him back to safety, grab him and pull him up. Because that sheep don't know no better. And, and see, far too often we, we find ourselves being pulled out and, and we're going to talk about this in a minute too. But we've just been rescued I mean, without that shepherd's help, that sheep would have been downriver, drowned, and washed up miles down the way. But not too long after that sheep gets out and all that water gets, gets slung off of it and it dries out, they're going to forget about that. And, and left to its own, they're going to be found right back in that same situation. Sounds a lot like us, don't it? Yeah, I heard a lot of, mm -hmm. we, 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 we get rescued by the shepherd and and, and before long, we're right back in there sticking our, 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 our sheep head back in the river. Duvet and all. 
By the way, I can't stand the duvet cover, but I needed to use that this morning, so duvet is, is what we used. And, and what do they think when they're going down that, that river? This, I'm sorry, that's the dad joke. This is bad, okay? <laughs> this is bad. A shepherd comes and he gets them out. See, David understood this, and now we do too, although I'm not sure we have all the, this is bad situations we've needed the shepherd to save us from. I'm sure we've all had that. You want to see an example of how sheep, us, get ourselves in the same mess as God just delivered us from? Um, we've got a clip I want to show you. Take a look at the screen here or there. This is, this is the sheep. Getting out of the ditch. Shepherd. Right back there. Right. I tell you what, just pretty fire that other one too. If, if one example wasn't enough, just take a look. There it goes. There it goes. Right back in. To the mess that it got itself into. And I know that's funny, and I want, I've, I've seen that, and, and, and as the Lord kept drawing me back to Psalms, this is not what I wanted to preach, but the Lord kept drawing me back to Psalms 23. I, I said, that, that is absolutely our life um, so many times, more often than we'd probably like to admit. We get ourselves in a bind, and we, we, we say, Lord, this is bad. And he comes along with his shepherd's crook and his staff, and he, and he pulls us out, and he gets us back to the fold and it gets us to a place where there's still water and there's green pasture and, and we, can, we can rest. We can, we can go through that experience and we can be saved from death and danger and, and we can rest and get our strength back. Often we go right back to that same ditch, don't we? Right, right, right back to that same river. Verse number three, David says that through the provisions God has made, the Lord's leading is always past at a right and will honor him according to his nature. See, God cannot lead us to a wrong place, but only a right one. God cannot deviate from his nature, which is holiness and righteousness. See, these three verses talk about, David's talking about care and protection from the shepherd. There's, there's, uh, there's so many scriptures that, that Psalm 23 tie into. There's so many places. I mean, again, we go back to John 10 and we see the good shepherd. We'll read one of those in a few. But there's so much in Psalm 23. Again, context is everything, right? I told you all this time before, uh, the three things that I learned in the seminary was context, context, and context. So when you read scripture, <clears throat> don't ever just take a verse and say, hey, let me put this on my bumper. Because it might not mean what you think it means if you don't know what the context is, all right? And so the context for, for chapter 23 is, is this in between 22 and 24? I know <laughs> I'm a math major. Um, but, but if you, if you want to dig into it, there's a, there's a look, there's a look in, in verse 20, or it's chapter 22 of, of Jesus uh, being on the cross and, and, and dying for the sheep. And, and here in 23, it's, it's dealing with present and he's caring for the sheep. And in 24, he's, he's coming back again for the sheep. And so we're right there in the middle of it all. This is, this is us here and now. This is us, him caring for the sheep. 
He protects and he cares. Verse number four. This idea of walking in a place that promotes and promises danger, peril, and possibly even death isn't new to David. When he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Anyone who's traveled between two hills or peaks or jagged mountain faces or probably even if you've seen a western, you, you know the danger is always lurking in that valley between those two geographies. Whether it's beasts who lay, uh, who know anything or anyone traveling in that shadow valley is easy prey or it's an enemy waiting to ambush, to steal, to kill and destroy you as you travel through. One thing is certain to David and it can be for us too. He ain't scared. I wrote, he ain't scared. I don't know if you spell that. He ain't scared. Why? Because David responds, thou art with me. Guys, there is a, there is a lot of comfort in those words. That no matter what situation, no matter what shadowy valley we find ourselves in, thou art with me. And that's, that's powerful. That's helpful. David said, even if I walk through this valley that promises harm, destruction, or death to the natural man, he will fear no evil because the shepherd is with him. He goes on to say that his rod and staff give him hope and strength. Shepherds typically carried a staff, something that would look something like this, probably more beefy and, and, and better, but it, it, hey, we, we got it this morning. We can see it. It was used to rescue, it was used for counting, it was used for guiding, it was used for retrieving sheep who had gone astray or floating down the river. He would keep that in mind, uh, excuse me, he would keep that in his hand because that was used the most. But, but on occasion, there was the occasion, the shepherd would have to retrieve another tool from his belt. My belt's back here because I couldn't find a belt for this costume. he would retrieve another tool from his belt, the rod. And the rod is going to be represented with this baseball bat my son got from Larry and Sylvia Estes for Christmas. This is the rod this morning. This is the staff. This is the rod, though. David said, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. This was used for the sheep, for the sheep, but not on them. It was exclusively for the wild beast or the vagabond who lay in wait. It was to protect the sheep. One was used to care and one was used to protect. This gives David hope and strength that the care and protection of his life is up to God, not himself. Now, that don't mean David didn't care carry some weapons with him. I found out he's pretty good with a sling and a stone. But he left the care and protection of his life up to the Lord, <clears throat> as we should too. It should be our great comfort, just like it was for David. See, the, the Scripture tells us in, I'm going to put this down, so y'all getting nervous. Um, the Scripture tells us in John, in chapter 10 and verse 7, it says, Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Especially, what does that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. If you've never, this is not a promo, I don't get any royalties off of this. If you've never been to the <clears throat> Bible History Center here in town, 
Pastor said it before. I don't know how we landed that place here, but it's awesome. I've been, been, been afforded the chance to go there a few times. And, and one t- every time I go, I, I, I learn something new. I get something new. I'm, I'm, I'm able to see scripture in front of me. And I think part of, part of the problem is we don't always get to see and understand what scripture's saying. If, we, if we've never been to a farm, we don't know how uh, uh, that, that process works. If we've never uh, been, uh, had to go out and, and harvest crop, we don't know how that process works. So we don't see it in action. We've never been a shepherd. We don't know the, the, the tendencies of, of sheep and, and how the shepherd helps them out. But one thing I saw when I went, is uh, pretend everything behind me is is a uh, it's kind of like a, a a fence made with you know sticks are just kind of laid together, and, and pretend it comes all the way around me to to right here where these speakers are. Again, using our imagination this morning, there's a fence all the way around. Me, but this place is open, and maybe it's a little bit closer. But this place is open right here, and, and at nighttime the the, the shepherd would, would gather all the little sheep. Come on, come on, sheep, get them all into this little area. This is good. Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. The shepherd at nighttime would lay in the doorway. He would become the door. And that was to do two things. That was to keep the sheep in, and that was to keep the enemy out. I don't know if y'all, I'm hot, but I just got chills. Because that's what our shepherd does for us. He knows what we need. He knows we need to stay in here. <clears throat> this is what's best for us. And he knows the enemy needs to stay out there. That's what's best for us. Too often, we're, we're trying to get Jesus to move out of the way because we want to let a few friends in. <clears throat> we want to get out there and experience a little bit, right? He's the door. And it's for their benefit and for their protection. Verse five. Have you like me just read over this verse out of habit? Let's read it again. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Again, sometimes verses become so familiar to us, we, we just read right past them. We don't dig into them. I know that's been the case with me. But, but let's look at what's being said here. God has prepared a table for David in front of his enemies. Hence the table. That's what the table's for. God has prepared a table for David in front of his enemies. Now, there's a lot to unpack here. First, we see God is caring not just as a shepherd, but as a host. He has prepared a table for David. That doesn't mean he went and got a folding plastic table from the back storage area and went out and threw it out and put out a bowl of peanuts on it. No, no, David, David was special to the Lord, just like you and I are. The Lord prepared a table, not just set one out and threw something on it. Like he set it up with all the things. I mean, there was probably charcuterie boards and fruit and leg of Something, probably not leg of lamb, but it was a leg of something. It was, it was set up. David has a table prepared by the Lord, not, not by one of, one of the shepherd friends, not, not by uh, uh, somebody that's coming along the way that wants to bless his shepherd. Now, this is the Lord has prepared a, day, a table for David. 
in the presence of his enemies, all around him. If it was just one or the other, if, if the Lord had, had kept the enemies all around David but kept him protected, or had the Lord just made a table for David and let him have something where he could, he could replenish his body and he could get the food and drink he needed. No, but God goes above that like he does with all of us, like he does with everything. He didn't just, just set a table up. He didn't just keep the enemy at bay. He does it all. And he did it for David here. There was food, there was drink, there was a table set up for David to get all he needed for his body and for his soul in front of his enemies. God didn't remove those enemies from around David. He just blessed and cared and loved on him right in the middle of them. That's the kind of God we serve. He anointed his head with oil. You know, this was customary for a host to do as the guest entered in the house. Remember back in Luke, when Jesus called down Simon, the Pharisee, not the disciple, when he called down Simon because Simon uh, got on uh, to the woman for wasting all the ointment on Jesus, and Jesus was like, hey, bud, I got into the house, your house, and you didn't do it for me, yet she did. That's, that's what the custom was. When a guest came in the house, it was custom to anoint them with oil. David had his cup running over, meaning it was more than full. That's the kind of God we serve, y'all. As the Lord brought me back to Psalm 23 over and over, I remembered I am the king of starting books and not finishing them. And I remembered a book that I had started that I had yet not, not yet finished. Um, but it was by Louis Giglio. It's called Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. And I thought, man, wow, this is, this is where this is. And, and just, just a, a little bit of, of, of what Louis says in that book. Uh, again, he, he goes through um, this, this setup we have here. But he's got, he's got all kind of much nicer... Um, drink and, and, and food than I got, but I, I'm going to put something out. But I want to I help, help us to see something this morning. And I don't encourage you to eat these uh, goldfish because they are very old. They went, went out of date in March of last year. But, but God has set up a table for David. And, and I want you to imagine this. It's, it's two chairs. It's for David and, and it's, it's for the Lord. It's, it's a two-chair table. But see, what, what, what will happen is if we're not careful in our lives, now think, this is what God set up. Again, just like God being our shepherd, hey, he's going to leave it up to us. He's not going to, see, God didn't make us puppets. He, he gave us choice. You know, the fall in the Garden of Eden, it would have been either one of us. Don't, don't blame Adam and Eve. That was, put, put our name in there, we'd have done the same thing. But it was a two-person table. But if we're not careful, the enemy that God has, has left around us, if we're not careful with how we live our life and who we've got shepherding it, that old enemy will, will drag a, a chair up to that table and sit down right down there with you. See, God didn't make that table for the enemy. He made it for you and for him. He made it for me and for him. He made it for David and for him. And we gotta be careful that we don't, we don't allow, listen, chief, Chief among sinners. I've allowed the enemy <clears throat> way too many times to drag a seat up at a table that God didn't make for him. He made it for me. He made it for himself. 
It doesn't take but just a moment for opportunity and boom, that joker's then pulled up a chair. But, but what we need to remember about this table is <clears throat> it's certainly not, it's not about what's on the table. It's not about who's around the table, but it's about who's at the table. Is the Lord prepared a table for David? Plug your name in. The Lord prepared a table for Howard. The Lord prepared a table for Laura. The Lord has prepared a table for us for our benefit because he cares for us and he wants to protect us. Moving down to verse number six. Verse six shows us that David doesn't feel like he's just a guest of the Lord for that day, for that week or that month. But rather, he's a recipient of God's mercy. And that mercy, that word used there, mercy, is used a lot, a lot in the Old Testament especially. It's, the, it's, it's, it's in the Hebrew, it's hesed. And it implies God's steadfast love. It's a word that connotates God's faithful love for his unfaithful people. Surely goodness and hesed. Surely goodness and your steadfast love. Surely goodness and your faithful love for your unfaithful people shall follow me all the days of my life. David is confident that this will continue for all the days of his life. And David will be in the house of the Lord where God is forever. Remember, this was for David, but it's also true for us. See, Psalm 23, <clears throat> excuse me, isn't just a, 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 a chapter in a book that was written uh, uh, thousands of years ago uh, as just a historical document. No, the Bible's living and it's breathing and it applies for us. The Lord is my shepherd, <clears throat> I shall not want. If we, if we hook up with Jesus, because you know, he's the good shepherd. See, again, David's writing from a perspective. He's looking towards the cross. Hey, praise the Lord. We're looking from a perspective. We're looking back at the cross. See, we're on this side of glory. We're on this side of, of the cross, I mean. We're on this side of glory, but we're on this side of the cross. We're looking back at it. We're, we're, we're looking at mercy and grace in a whole new light than they did before Jesus came. You know, I went back and watched uh, some of the chosen um, trying to catch up. We had, had a period of time we didn't watch it and I was catching up. But I watched the one where they did the pilot episode before they released any seasons out. And it was, it was just so powerful. And I was watching. And, 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 and again, the Lord had been kind of churning this, this scripture in, in, in my heart. And, and, and as I watched it, I, I really, again, just seeing where they lived and, and how they were. They were all expecting a Messiah to come. Just so many people missed it. So many of them missed it. They were looking for somebody who, who would come and, and run the Romans out to, to set up an earthly kingdom. <clears throat> See, Jesus, when he came to earth physically, he didn't, he didn't come to, to run folks out. He didn't come to, to set up a kingdom here. It is a kingdom in heaven. And, and, and our kingdom is not here. Our home is not here. We gotta stop living like it is. We gotta stop building up our little kingdoms here. 
You see, David Platt put it, put it great in, in, a, in a, a Bible study we, we did several years ago in the bridge. But he said, we got to stop living for what, what my life's going to look like 20 years from now. What am I building up in my wealth for 20 years from now? But what about 20,000 years from now? What about 20 million years from now? What about when time doesn't exist anymore? What am I building up in my eternal home in heaven? What am I doing that matters in eternity? And if we're not hooked up with the shepherd, man, we're missing it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, does that mean if I hook up with Jesus and I let him be the shepherd of my life, that that pink Cadillac that I've been wanting, or whatever color, whatever color you want, is going to be up in my driveway the next morning? I, I can actually promise, probably guarantee you that won't happen. Because see, we didn't get excused from trouble when we became a believer. When we said yes to hook up with Jesus as our shepherd, we didn't, we didn't become excused from the troubles this life's going to bring. David didn't. He said, look, even though I'm standing in this valley of the shadow of death, I, I he was there. We will find ourselves there. We got to be prepared. How are we going to react when that happens? The title of the message is, even if I will. See, David says here, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I will fear no evil, even though I will. And as I read that, it reminded me of a scripture over in Habakkuk. Yes, it's a real book in the Bible. You can look it up later. I'm going to read it. It's, not, it's going to be on the screen. Two verses. There it is. I keep looking at that one. There's no projector. Verse 17, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, but the labor of the olives shall fail, and the fields yield no meat, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Even though I will. See, the, the context for Habakkuk here in chapter three is Habakkuk one and two. Again, I'm not a math major, but I got this one, all right? So what happens in chapter one and two? Well, Habakkuk's got two questions for the Lord. He's like, hey, how can you continue to allow Judah to continue in evil? The Lord answers him. He didn't fully understand it, but he, he says, hey, you know what? Uh, okay, uh, but then he answers him and says, I'm gonna use some evil people to do that. He's like, well, why are you gonna use people that are more evil to deal with people who are doing evil in Judah? Again, Habakkuk doesn't fully understand the answer, but he says, you know what he come, comes to the conclusion? He says, God knows best. And then he writes chapter three. And he says, look, in verses 17 and 18, even though the fields are gonna be stripped, even though there's gonna be no, uh, nothing left of this land, the land is gonna be barren after God uses evil people, really evil people, to, to deal with the evil in Judah. He says, even though that's going to happen, I will rejoice in the Lord. Habakkuk says, even though I will. David says, even though I will. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Do me a favor. 
And look, don't feel bad if you didn't get one. I just, we just print them every week and do it for you, but it's fine if you didn't. But if you got a bulletin, I want you to hold it up for me. Again, don't feel bad if you don't. Just look around at all the people that did. <laughs> There's more in the foyer. But look at the back of it. You don't have, your pastor's done a great job. I encourage him. I said, hey, look, it's helpful for people. And he, but he's, he's, I'm so proud of him because he's taking it on and give us fill in the blanks every week because Again, most people, they write it down, they see it, it, just, it helps them retain it, and, and he's, he's, he's been, but I said, you know, I'm going to do something different this week. <laughs> Clearly, I'm in a shepherd's costume and got a cafe table on the, on the, on the, on the uh, stage, but I want to do something different this week. You're not going to write any of this down today. There's not going to be anything on the screen that shows you to fill in any blanks. There's five blanks on the back of you. Each one of them says, even if blank, I will fear no evil, I will trust the Lord. There's five spaces on the back of there to write something. Well, guess what? There's five days in this upcoming week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You get Saturday off. Sunday, maybe there's new homework. But you got homework this week. Every day you wake up, or every day before you go to bed, or sometime in that day, I want you to ask the Lord, sincerely, what's my fill in the blank for today? Even if... My boss is a jerk. I will praise the Lord. I will trust, I will feel nervous, I will trust the Lord. Even if my relationships around me are crumbling, I will fear no evil. I will trust the Lord. Even if my kids are running around like they have lost their mind and some parents said amen, I will fear no evil. I will trust the Lord. Even if that phone call comes with that diagnosis that I was not expecting, I will fear no evil. I will trust the Lord. Even if that phone call comes, that this tragedy has just come to my home, I will fear no evil. I will trust the Lord. See, I, I know there's people in here right now who are going through stuff they never thought they would. And you know what? By the end of the day, it could be me and you. We do not know what tomorrow holds, but we absolutely, it's not cliche, it's truth. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. And when we sync up and let the Lord be the shepherd of our life, we can have that kind of confidence like David had. Man, we can have a confidence that that we don't even understand where it comes from. It's a peace that passes, the Bible says, understanding. We can't understand where something like that would come from. That's your homework for this week. Each day, and you write it in there, and you recite it back to yourself. And go back and read Psalm 23. And every place it says, I put your name there. The Lord is Dale's shepherd. Dale shall not want. He maketh Dale to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth Dale beside still waters. He restoreth Dale's soul. He leadeth Dale in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though Dale walks through the valley of the shadow of death, Dale will fear no evil, for thou art with Dale. For thy rod, the rod and the staff, they comfort Dale. Thou preparest a table before Dale in the presence of his enemies. Thou anointest Dale's head with oil. Dale's cup runs over. 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow Dale all the days of his life and Dale will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You make it your name. Because God didn't just prompt David to write that so David could, could see what he wrote. He prompted David to write. The Holy Spirit used David so we would read it today. And so we could get something from him. You may say, Pastor Dale, I need some more supporting verses than just that reference in Habakkuk. How can I really know what David wrote applies to this life that I live right now? All right, hold on. Here's some of those references you want. The Lord is my shepherd, John 10, 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. I shall not want Philippians 4, 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Uh, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. How about John 10, 9? I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. He leadeth me beside still waters. Hey, let's jump over to Revelation 7, 17. For the lamb was in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of water and God shall wipe away all their tears from their eyes. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Psalm 31, three, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Psalm 118 and verse 6. The Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Psalm 78 and 19. Yea, they spake against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Yea, can, there it is. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 27, verse four. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So we have a good shepherd who desires to lead, care, and protect our lives, but he will not force himself into that role. He will not push himself to be the shepherd. We must allow him. As much as we think we can do it on our own, we simply cannot. Hence the video with sheep in the ditches. Things get hard. We call out to God being a faithful shepherd as he is. He pulls us out of that ditch. But more times than we'd like to admit, we find that freedom only to be foolish enough to jump right back in. We must be humble enough to say, Lord, here, you care for me. Lord, here, you protect me. Lord, here, you lead me. Let's live a life so full of faith in the good shepherd's care that even when we find ourselves looking in that shadowy valley of death, we will say, I fear no evil. And let me, let me tell you, I didn't have this in my notes, but that kind of confidence in the Lord, it might be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Said, so look, King, we ain't going, I don't know how to tell you, we ain't, we ain't bowing down to your little, your, your little golden image you got for yourself. They were more respectful than that, okay. But we're not. We're not going to bow down for your image when the music starts falling. When we hear the little sound, no, no, that's not going to happen. And if you throw us in, throw us in. God can deliver us from that fiery furnace, but even if he doesn't save us from it, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna serve the Lord. 
And so God may not save us from that fiery furnace. He may not save us from that shadowy valley. But we can be confident that he's gonna be right there with us. Even if we see the land is stripped of every fruit, crop, and livestock, we can respond with, I will rejoice in the Lord. Even if I will. That's easy to say, much harder to live. I'm only 40 years old. I know you're thinking, I didn't know that. I get it. It's my hair. Uh, I'm only 40 years old. But I've been at this church on staff in some capacity. March will be 20 years. And I'll promise you, I've seen a whole lot more in these last 20 than I did the first 20. I've been through a lot more in this last 20 than I did the first 20. Now, some of y'all got several 20s after that, and you, you got stories, and I get it. But you know, you understand what I'm saying? Is there's going to be stuff, there's going to be this life we live that we've got to have something to lean on to. And if it's us or anything else, it ain't going to last. But when, it's, when we're synced up with the good shepherd, and we find ourselves floating down the river because we didn't follow instructions, He's faithful to do that right there. He's going to pull us up. And that's because he's good, not, not because we are. Even if I will. Man, you guys come on. Worship team, y'all come on. I'm done. But I want, us to, I want us to walk away from here. Maybe seeing Psalm 23, maybe differently than we did when we walked in. That's not just some book David wrote that everybody kind of knows the first part of. There's parts of it that's very familiar. No. It's, it, it, it's for us. He set a table up for us. And it's not Dasani water and old goldfish sitting there. It's not, it's not kind of flimsy sticks and shiny baseball bats that he does the caring and protecting with. It's rock solid. It's helpful. It's, it's, for, it's for our, 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 our rest and, and, and to replenish us and to restore us. God's got something for us here in Psalm 23 that I believe if we, if we look at throughout this week, maybe we see it a little bit different. We can live in a place where the good shepherd's guiding us, leading us, protecting us, caring for us. We can say, even if I will. Would please stand with me. Every head bowed and every eyes closed. I, I know everybody in here walked in with a different set of circumstances. There was something different every one of us had going on in our lives before we got here. There's, there's family and, and relationships and financial stuff and job and, and, and kids and, and you name it. There's just stuff. It's life. And I don't know, I don't know where you stand with the Lord this morning, but if, 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 if you've not relinquished the shepherding of your life to the Lord, I encourage you, whatever you got to do, make it happen this morning. Don't, don't walk out of this building without letting the Lord be the shepherd of your life. Because I promise you, we're going to mess it up. We're going to be in a ditch hollering for help.
before we get down the road. We can't live a life that uses God as a, as a, as a, as a get out of jail free card and expect him to bless us, expect him to use us. We can't live that kind of life and then be able to say, even though I will, it won't happen. We'll crumble under the weight of this world. We'll crumble under the weight of the, that the enemy brings. We'll crumble under the, 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 the weight of, of this life. We can't do it ourselves. We gotta have help. The good news is there's a good shepherd who's already said, I'm willing. All you have to do is let me. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know how many of you who are believers in here, hey, you, you, you're confident in your salvation. You've given your life. You, you've made, a, you've made a, 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 a decision at some point in your life to trust the Lord with your salvation and not you. Realizing that you can't get your way to heaven. He's the only way there. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes from the Father but by me. He's the good shepherd, but he's the Savior. He came and lived in a perfect life and died on the cross for you and me because we aren't perfect, because we aren't good. See, the Bible says that there's, there's none righteous, no, not one. That means we, we ain't good. As much as we like to think we are, we are. The only thing that can be good about us is Jesus. And we've got to come to a place this morning where he walked in here and he said, I know I'm saved. I know I'm good. Hey, that's, praise the Lord. That's where, that's where I hope everybody is. But maybe, maybe we walked in this morning and, and, and the Lord is not the shepherd of our life. He's, he's kind of like a consulting agency. Ah, things get a little tough. I'll consult the Lord on this. Ah, start getting out into the water a little bit. I'll, I'll holler for help. Ah, I'll, uh, I'll kind of do it my way. I'll wander around for a little bit. If I can't find any green grass to eat and lay down in, I, maybe I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll bad enough to see if the Lord will, will, will help me out a little bit. Now see, the, the Lord is not the good consultant. The Lord is the good shepherd. And he's got to be shepherd over all of our life. That means none of it's left behind. Not our job, not our family, not our, not our, our, our personal uh, uh, preferences, not our, our hobbies, uh, uh, not the things that, that, that nobody else knows about us, not, not the things that, that are done in the dark, uh, not the, the way that we treat people that we know they'll ever see us again. It, it, it's, it's got something, all of it to do with how are we living our life. If we're not living with the Lord as our good shepherd, then we're missing a whole lot. But maybe you're in here this morning and you said, Pastor Dale, I, I'm going to be honest with you and the Lord. I, I don't, if I walked out of here this morning, I don't know if I'd spend eternity in heaven if, if, I, didn't, if I didn't wake up tomorrow. See, the, the only real thing that, that, that matters this morning, if you're not a child of God, if you're not saved, if you've never come to a place where you've, you've turned your life over to Jesus and said, I can't do this, I can't get back to God, I can't get to heaven, I can't do this life on my own, is, is that's the most important thing you can do. Is be humble enough to say, I can. See, Jesus came and lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for our sins, but that story didn't stop there. He was buried and raised three days later. And that gives us great hope that gives us great hope that we can put our faith and trust in Him. Because He didn't stay in the grave, 
he rose again. He paid for our sin, not because we're good, because he is. And if you've never asked Jesus to save you, you've never come to a place where you said, I, I, I need to repent of my sin. I need to turn from my sin. I need to turn to Jesus. I'm gonna give you that opportunity this morning. It's not some magical group of words or, or, or some, some action you gotta do, but it's faith from your heart to God. Something like this, pray from your heart to God. Something like this. Father, I'm a sinner. I believe in Jesus. I believe that Jesus came, he died, and he rose three days later for me. God, I ask you to forgive me my sin. I repent, I turn from it. I turn to Jesus. Save me this morning. And help me to live for you all the days of my life. My, my life. I ask the good shepherd to be the shepherd of my life this morning. If you did that for the first time, nobody's looking around but me. If you did that for the first time, if you prayed that something like that from your heart to God for the first time, slip your hand up and down real quick. The altar's open. I'm not gonna beg you to come down. But you know, I don't need to, I don't need to, to, to say anything else. If, if the Lord's dealing with you about where he is in shepherding your life, you make that right this morning. The altar's open.